This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah, in uh, the summer's man. Starting uh, now after Pesach, we'll be having a series of shiurim by Harav Moshe Tarigan on Pekei Avot, to complement, hopefully, your own learning of Pekei Avot each week, a different parak, one Mishnah, one idea, from each parak keeping up with the general learning. Harav Moshe Tarigan. The... Um Mishnah, in the end of the fifth parak, Mishnah Chavalov, provides a fascinating division of a human lifespan, beginning with age five and stretching the entire sweep of a human lifespan until age 90, the, the way the Mishnah bounds human life, the upper end, so to speak. And it's a fascinating division of labor. Different roles for different stages or faces of human life, a differentiation and a recognition that there are passages and different functions and traits that a person achieves. Its relevance to the overall fifth parak is somewhat questionable. Where did this Mishnah come from? Sounds like a Kohelis type mission, a mission describing a, a fatalistic view that all human behavior is similar, that most people will reach a certain stage of uh, Eitzah when they're 50 and Zikna when they're 60. Very well known mission that people often quote the mission at birthday parties that have certain milestones of the human condition. Um, the Meiri is a fascinating context for this mission. Many of the Mishnayos beforehand in the fifth parak describe different strategies or patterns of education, um, moral education, the difference between a student of Abraham and a student of Bilam, Abraham's morality is virtuous, kind heart, is favorable eye, generous generosity, and Bilam's stinginess and um, haughtiness. Um, the immediately preceding Mishnah, very famous Mishnah of Yehuda ben Tema, Yehuda ben Tema, is the author of our Mishnah, Mishnah Chavala, to Yibin Tema, spoke about Az Kanemer, Kal Kanesher, Ratz Katzvi, Gibor Kari, different ways of developing religious personality and, and, and religious orientation. So Yudhavin Tema's second statement appears in Mishnah Chavala, and it's probably the juxtaposition of the two statements of Yudhavin Tema um, that warrants the citing of the second Mishnah, but also because the second Mishnah at least begins with um, a curriculum for Torah study. You should learn Tanakh or Psukim when you're five. You should study Mishnah when you're ten and Sedgway into learning of Gemara when you're fifteen. So that's consistent with many of the Mishnahis which talked about education and, so to speak, curriculum development. And Miri claims that all the rest of the milestones were just cited secondarily, Derahadah, once the Mishnah had cited different stages and ages for Torah study, so went through the entire roster of um, of when a person reaches different uh, features or traits of, of wisdom, of old age, strength, etc. So, um, it's a very interesting Mishnah. And what's even more fascinating is how exactly Chazal were able to trace various ages to um, different stages, how they knew. There's no uh, Pasuk that um, describes this. There's a... Uh, well-known parallel to this is the Medrash and Kohelis, a very similar description 
Medishin Kohelas. Um, based on the Pasek Havel Havalim, Amar Kohelas, Havel Havalim, Akol Havel, second Pasek in Kohelas, to be Shmal Rav Yitzchak Darshins, um, seven Hevels, and of course, Shlomo takes a very fatalistic view of the human condition. The seven Hevels refer to the seven stages. Here there are seven stages of the human condition. And what's fascinating about this division of Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, as opposed to the Hamas division, is there's the same focused description of early stages. In fact, Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yitzchak's, is even more division, even greater division. In one year, he's like a melech, who everyone shows affection to. After two or three years, he's a mischievous. He rambles around like, uh, in this case, like a, an animal of the field getting his hands in everything. Ten years old, he's springy and jumpy. Twenty years old, he's like a horse that runs. Um, and, he, and, and he marries a woman, he has children, and then he gets old. So, Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, or excuse me, Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, had made divisions within early stages of childhood and had really paid little attention to the later stages of human development. Whereas Yudav and Tema has what we would call a much more even division of the human sweep. He starts with year five, and he works his way up initially in increments of five, five, ten, fifteen. Once he hits twenty, then the increments begin in, in, um, in increases of ten, all the way up to ninety. That's interesting to compare the division of Huda ben Tema in Perkiavos to the division of Shmuel bar Rabbi Yitzchak in the Medrash and Kohelis. The first three ages describe the curriculum for Torah study. Not really the first three, because 13 is interspersed between 10 and 15, because that's when a person becomes chayv and mitzvot. But if we ignore the age of 13, which is a bit of, a, of an implant into this Mishnah, it's a numeric implant, because the rest of the Mishnah is very metric, in increments of 5 and 10, and this is an increment of 2 or 3. And it's also... Um, it's an idea which you don't really need the Mishnah to describe. It's almost as if the Mishnah recorded it, so as not to provide an imbalanced numeric procession. We already know that a person who is 13 is high of a mitzvah, as various Gemara's learned out, and various Pesukim. But the first three ages, 5, 10, and 15, have a very interesting strategy for Torah learning. Um, it's one which, for whatever reason, most modern contexts don't follow. Um, I would suggest versing a child in Tanakh until the age of 10, and then spending the years of 10 to 15 completely um, completely immersed in the world of Mishnah. Or, in this case, even learning Gemara, but without trying to generate uh, analytic creativity, what we would call lumbus, and then at the age of 15, it, 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 uh, enabling or encouraging a thrust into the world of Gemara, whether it's Gemara text or Gemara activity, it was some healthy debate amongst Rishonim. Um, the reason that it's not really followed is, in many respects, very similar to the reason that we don't follow the Gemara in Kedushin. The Gemara Kedushin suggests a person, an adult, divides his time equally amongst learning Tanakh, Mishnah, and Gemara, where should divide their allocated Torah time into three, and most modern yeshivas don't follow the three-part division. And many Rishonim suggest because Gemara is just harder to study. And even though we may want to accomplish 
similar achievements in each field, it would take greater investment in the area of Gemara just to um, reach equivalent achievements. Um, so it's not as if according to Madrishan, Gemara is a superior form of learning, it just takes greater investment to reach equivalent levels. Others call that Gemara really, for example, very famous tradition of the Rambam, that Gemara learning really is the ideal, and after a person reaches mastery in Tanakh and in Mishnah and Gemara text, he should spend all of his days in the creative world of induction and inference and association and analysis. Of course, some people take this as a uh, warrant to invest in the world of Lumbus and in the study of Gemara analysis. And other people say, well, the Ramamoli sanctions it once you reach a baseline of mastery in Tanakh and in Gemara text, which most of us don't possess. That's a lively debate as to how to apply the Rambam to a period in which people don't reach that initial um, command. Um, I think a similar phenomenon is at work and why many people feel we have to introduce students to the world of Gemara even before they reach the age of 15, especially in many contexts where their ability to learn is truncated soon after the age of 15. Some people don't uh, ever um, visit a yeshiva after they've spent time in high school. So for many high school is determinants of their formal learning. And some people spend uh, a shorter amount of time in yeshiva, I spend a longer amount of time in yeshiva. So there, there's a sense that the patience and the slow, gradual curriculum described in this Mishnah may be something, uh, a luxury of the past. And people were able to spend many years well into their, at least until the age of 20, as it seems from this Mishnah, 20 sounds like there might be other pursuits that would significantly compromise his Torah study. But at least five years until the age of 20, um, many boys uh, don't have that opportunity. Um, but there are some people who have suggested at least um, delaying Gemara, delaying until high school or delaying until the end of elementary school, based on the spirit of this mission. The spirit of the mission suggests delaying, not Gemara learning, certainly active Gemara analysis, maybe some familiarity with the world of Gemara, and not the same investment in the world of Gemara. Now, the initial... Um, reference of five years, whether it's five years, the age of five to start teaching your child Torah, or the five-year increments, five years of Tanakh, five years of Mishnah, five years of Talmud, um, it would seem that um, many Rishonim, Vainuavadri, Bartinura, and others, suggest that it stems from a comparison to the world of Arla, for the world of produce and grains. Um, in that area, five years is more or less the period after which full benefit, fully developed fruit um, can be harvested, can be eaten, um, and be eaten with full permissiveness. Um, the first three years are fruits dedicated to Arla, and those are fruits that are imperfect and are not yet fully developed, that are that carry the same status as RL, as the imperfection of the human body, and therefore shouldn't be eaten. And the fourth year is a transition year. The fourth year is the year of Netaravai, where the fruits have to be eaten in very guided and structured context, similar to Maishashini. And the fifth year, the beginning of the fifth year, is when the fruits can first be eaten. So uh, some suggest that the five-year period is derived from Arla, whether it's the increments of five years, if five years is a 
growth period, a sufficient growth period for certain ideas to take hold, to take root, so to speak, in both the literal and the metaphoric sense, or um, even just the, the start of Torah. It's not eight five years, and it's a very interesting metaphor to compare the human development cycle to the natural order, as if we can get a sense of how human beings develop, not just how human beings develop physically, physically or physiologically, but how they develop mentally, and in this case religiously, based on patterns which we detect in nature. That religion mirrors nature, and it's not something which is a part of the world of nature. Five years is the normal time for development, and similarly, that can be applied to the world of Torah study, or generally the world of human development in a religious sense. Um, another source, which is quoted, again, either to describe the overall increments of five years, or specific milestones, specific watershed moments in this list, is the experience of Levium. The Levium were inducted into service at the age of 25. The Gemara in Kulin talks about a contradiction between based on Sukkim and Bamidbar. One Pasuk says they begin at 25, one Pasuk says they begin at 30. So the Gemara essentially says that they were inducted into the service of Levian when they were 25, but they studied for five years and they only started their actual service at the age of 30. So here's a different source for the five-year period, whether it's the five-year increments from one form of Torah study to another. Um, and in general, the Levine's precedent plays a very interesting role in this Mishnah. Some of the other aspects of this Mishnah stem from the Levine. So, for example, when the Mishnah describes Ben Shloshim Lekach, a person at the age of 30, has physical strength. So many Rishonim point to the Levine. This was the beginning of their service, and Many of the Levim served to dismantle and build the Mishkan, load the wagons, carry certain items of the Mishkan on their shoulders, feats of strength. Um, when the Mishnah says, Ben Chamishim Le'etza, a person is 50, uh, should offer counsel and advice. Again, many of these Shalim cite the example of the Levim. The Pasuk says that when the Levim reach the age of 50, they're no longer involved in the active Workforce, the labor for, force, but the Torah still allows v'sheres esachah. They should serve others, and this service, according to Ben Rishonim, is a is a uh, service of providing advice and guidance. So, the Levim, interestingly enough, figure very, very prominently into this um, into this overall scheme of human life. And it's an interesting analogy, it's an interesting um, um, pattern to, or template to be employed. Levim were there to serve, serving on Yisrael, and by serving on Yisrael, serving on Kodesh Baruch And their service was specialized, and it was contoured or shaped based on the different phases of the human condition. There's certain moments of strength, certain moments of counsel, certain moments of study. And it casts a very um, devotional flavor of this whole mission. That a person is not just gauging different traits of the human condition at the age of 50, at the age of 60, but he sees the passages of life and the transitions 
different phases as new opportunities to serve our Kodesh Baruch as Livian did to discover new found traits and to channel or marshal those traits towards our Vodas Hashem. So there really are two very interesting backdrops to this Mishnah, and in particular to the five-year increment. One is a more natural backdrop. Plants grow more or less after five years. Their growth spurt has been completed, and the five-year increments are suggested of such. The other template are the five-year five-year waiting period of Rolim, which is mirrored and re- reinforced throughout this Mishnah by looking to Rolim as the source of various um, life-stage associations. Um, after the Mishnah describes the Torah curriculum, five years old to study Tanakh, ten years old to study Mishnah, fifteen years old to study Gemara, and then focuses on marriage and mentions the age of 18 as the age in which a person should get married and begins to think about marriage. And we show them point to various drushas, whether it's a gematria in Parshas Emor, the Hu Ishabib Sumer Yikach in Pasuk, which describes the special halacha that according to Gadol Mesmeria Besula, but it introduces that guideline with the word the Hu, and the Hu Vav and He are 11, another Vav is 18, 17 and the Aleph is one is 18, so that may, may suggest that at the age of 18, a person should marry a Besula. Of course, a regular person doesn't have um, a special mitzvah to marry a Besula, but is involved. Most women that get married at a young ages are Besula, so it is suggestive of young marriage. Um, others say that it, it stems from the 19 times the word Adam is mentioned in Bereshus, until Chava is taken from Adam's, um, from Adam's body, from one of his bones. And so one of the times, of course, the word Adam has to be mentioned is to let us know what it's referring to. But there are 18 extraneous mentions of the word Adam. A person should become an Adam, as it were, for 18 years, and then seek to take the bone from his body and find uh, his, his wife. Um, so that's that's something which is both straightforward and more or less, more or less um, um, uh, compatible with our own thought process. I mean, some generations has been a push towards later marriage, uh, to wait a little bit twenty to the mid twenties because of the need or the the, the sense that boys have to, and boys and girls have to complete their degrees before getting married. Um, in other frameworks with other generations or other cultures that push for younger marriages um, because adolescence and education slightly delay the transition into adulthood by and large and of course the option for terror study in machines are by and large in our context we probably look at the age of 20 21 as the age in which many boys are, are encouraged to focus many girls and boys are encouraged to birth a little bit earlier because of biological class focus upon beginning that process of marriage, but again, there's a lot of leeway and it's given to personal discretion. The next part of the Mishnah is fascinating. After describing the age of 18 as the age of getting married, Ben Shvonasar Lechuppah, Shvonasar Lechuppah, the Mishnah says, Ben Esrim Lirdov, 20 years old, he begins to chase. Who's doing the chasing and who is he chasing? So, um, one option suggested by many is that 
is merely a continuation of the 18-year-old recommendation of getting married. A boy should get married at 18, but not every boy will be successful initially. And if two years elapse and the person has not succeeded in marriage, there should be an even greater effort in chasing opportunities to marry and to pursue what should have been accomplished two years earlier, which would be a very intriguing dichotomy between encouraging a more relaxed approach to getting married at 18, but then, um, this is a position of the Meiri, but allowing for, at the age of 18 at least, a more deliberate, perhaps slow, measured interest in marriage, but at the age of 20, compelling someone to either put greater effort or, which would be even more provocative, maybe be more eager to settle, which is something which uh, a lot of people discuss today. The person is an older personality, an older age, and they have not yet had the privilege of getting married, and it's a privilege and, and, and a duty and a, an opportunity that you want to extend. So uh, should that person, for the sake of becoming married at a reasonable age, should they be more willing to compromise on certain aspects? Typically, at older ages, it becomes more difficult to compromise because you are more of an individual and you're more set in your ways. But um, a lot of people feel that that's a very dangerous um, approach. Settle for something less uh, may be a recipe for disaster for unhealthy marriages. Obviously, each marriage is different, and it cuts across cultural lines, and each culture and each uh, camp of Jews, there are, there are different expectations within the marriage. But that would be a very interesting read to this Mishnah, that at 18, a person should get married. At the age of 20, you should really get married, and really get married suggests efforts and willingness, readiness, that maybe wasn't as compelling at the age of 18. The more classic approaches to this um, statement, very interesting statement, at the age of 20, you should chase things, um, refers to supporting himself, earning a living. Um, if he gets married at 18, presumably for the first year or two, when finances are relatively light, so he doesn't have to aggressively pursue financial remuneration, financial basis. But if the person gets married at 18, presumably within a year or two, a family starts to develop, and financial considerations become much more of an uh, intervening factor. And on the one hand, presumably they're going to truncate our learning. Um, very famous Rambam, when Rambam describes that everyone's trying to study Torah, the Rambam says whether he's old, whether he's young, whether he's sick, whether he's healthy, whether he's rich, whether he's poor. The Rambam seemingly has covered the entire gamut of people have to study Torah, including everyone. And the Rambam concludes, as in Hechos Tamatara, the Rambam writes, Afigo even if he's married and has children, he has to study Torah, the Rambam writes. So the recognition that when a person's marriage begins to gather momentum after a year or two and begins to produce children and family, so that may create certain um, restraints when power time is available. Um, so that would be the, the typical approach to reading the mission of it. After 20, you know, has to be aggressive in trying to find income. Lirdo, 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 again, as Rabbein Lavaja, regards to neuroses. There's a third approach, and this is the approach of the Vilma Gone. This is a piece of the Vilma Dome 
written in um, in Parish of Ohelis. And in many ways, um, opposed to this mission, the mission doesn't seem to create larger frameworks. The mission has five-year increments, followed by ten-year increments. The Vilnagon discusses three different stages of life. What he calls Yemealia, the days of development, of emanation, of growth, physical growth, spiritual growth, development of Neshama, and that, the Vilnagon says, occurs until the age of 20. From 20 to 80, Vilna Gon says, are the times of Yimei Amida, when a person is in his full faculties. And from 80 onwards are the period of Yerida. From 20 onward, when a person has full faculties, so he's not drawn by Taiba, the type of the Vilna Gon feels lust and coveting and desire are very persuasive to a person as he's filling out his neshama, his personality, his identity, his spirituality, whatever, goes into identity and the full development. The Vilnagon sees 20 as the age of identity formation. Again, we may see a bit of a delay in the modern context because adolescence has intervened between childhood and adulthood. But at that point, the Vilnagon says, the person isn't drawn by Taiba, rather chases heaven. It's an interesting contrast between the Taiva, which is, confuses you, and the Hevel, which um, blurs, blurs the clarity of adulthood. We chase things, we're not chasing Taiva, but we chase things that to us seem important, seem meaningful, but maybe are disproportionately viewed. And the really Hevel, and we don't spend enough time chasing the, the more uniquely spiritual parts but, um, we should be investing our purpose. So, um, the Lagoon feels that the Redifa, the chasing at the age of 20, refers not to man chasing Mizonos or man chasing a woman because he hasn't um, succeeded in marriage until that point, man chasing inappropriate pursuits, not, not vices per se or lusts or pleasure, but pointlessness and futility. And emptiness. Um, the continuation of the mission describes the strength of 30, the wisdom of 40, the ability to counsel others at 50, the difference between Bina, which would probably be inductive, associative, creative logic in Eitzah, and Eitzah would be the combination of intellect, insight, as well as life's experiences, which would allow for a full and whole view of the world, which pure intellectual experience can't confer, and the delivery of Eitzah to others. Um, again, whether it's that um, description of the Levium returning from work at 50, but still serving others in delivering advice, or Gemara Chagiga, the Arshans of Hasekin Yeshaya, the Gemara quotes this Gemara, Sar Hamishim, a person shouldn't be appointed as a maturgamon. Literally, a maturgamon was someone that delivered Torah Shabbat, extrapolated on Torah Shabbat as a Torah Shabbat was being read. This is before Gemara was written. But presumably, the maturgamon had a broader role in society, uh, probably something akin to a modern day community rabbi, maybe. 
um, as opposed to the scholars, not that rabbis aren't scholars, of course, but maybe in those days, it seemed like there was a greater division between those who were scholars and those who uh, tried to deliver that Torah to um, a greater public role, which may be latent in the Skimaya and Chagiga, that a person should only be appointed in the Torah when he's 50, presumably a person could study at the Talmud Chacham before he's 50, but his public role is, is less accentuated. 60, a person reaches old age, um, Zikna, 70, a person reaches Seva, 80, Gvura, and as a person reaches 90, so very interesting um, description, Mashoach, to be stooped over. Um, again, most interpreted to be stooped over, indicating the presumed breakdown of the eating body, which occurs in some cases well before the age of 90, or certainly at the age of 90. And then the final stage I mentioned before, 90 is the terminus, the mission actually extends to 100. But the Meiri uh, would be a, very, be a very strange way to describe a person who's 90. It seems like a very a pessimistic view. Why would we be interested in the failure of the body? Um, the Meiri talks about Lashoach as either someone who turns his own back or his own shoulders to the trivialities of the world, not interested in placing his gait or his interest in the distractions of life, stays at home, and he davens to Hashem, and he actually quotes the Pasuk in Paulos, to speak to Hashem, to be involved exclusively or primarily in the world of in the world of thinking specifically about religious issues, about Avodah Hashem. Um, so the, the description of a 90-year-old person as Lashuach may not be a um, depressing portrait of a person whose body has failed as much as it would be a description of the person who focuses more on purely spiritual dominating, more internal and insular contemplative life now that he's been relieved of some of the challenges that distract us from those pursuits. It's a very interesting Mishnah and um, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's one which reminds us that the human condition is a changing one, is a developing one, and those developments are intended by a Kodifar, but they're not incidental, and they should be embraced and recognizing newfound talents and opportunities, newfound traits and, and wisdoms, a person should constantly be recalibrating the type of Avodah Hashem. shouldn't just be one undifferentiated continuation at different times and different stages for different phases of the human lifestyle.